Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Story Built podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining. We are back in the PR series today, and we are talking about something that is core to PR, which is traditional media and pitching journalists, relationship with journalists, all those questions that you have and aren't sure if you're doing it right. We have a wonderful guest who is going to set the record straight for you today. We have Jared Martin, and he is the co-founder and chief operations officer of OnePitch, where he leads the product sales and support teams. OnePitch is a PR tool that uses a combination of AI and machine learning to analyze pitches and press releases and match them with journalists who write about the same topics. He started his career in digital marketing 10 years ago, and little did he know that he was practicing PR and media relations without even knowing it. Shortly after moving to an in-house role, he quickly realized the value and importance of being a resource for journalists. Now at one pitch, he keeps a close eye on PR industry best practices and continues to fine tune his craft of pitching and building meaningful relationships with journalists. Jared and his team at OnePitch have built a simple and effective tool for PR and marketing professionals to quickly identify and connect with relevant journalists. Jared, thank you so much for joining today. Of course, Christy. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm really excited to be here and to share some really good insights with our listeners today. Yes, absolutely. Well, first, just kind of share a little bit about your background and what prompted the move to become a co-founder of a SaaS company that is doing exactly what you're doing. How did that work? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, somewhat luck, I would say, (laughs) (laughs) um, my, my co-founder Beck and I, we've worked together for a number of years, actually, um, close to about 10 years since I started my career. And, um, you know, Beck has owned her own agency for that time. Um, and so I've kind of been under her wing and really gotten a, a chance to learn about public relations and media relations more specifically. But she came to me when we were working on another company and we were in the process of getting that acquired. And she said, Hey, you know, do you want to do something else? And I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. I'm, I'm all ears. I'm open to ideas. And that's kind of where one pitch started. It was just a simple okay. idea. Um, Beck, you know, her, her and her team had been using a ton of tools in the space for, for a number of years, like I mentioned, and they realized that these tools were expensive. They were not very effective. Um, there were a lot of like bells and whistles on them mm-hmm. that weren't useful and that you ended up having to pay for. 
And so we kind of just went to the drawing board and we're like, okay, what, what are all the good things about all these various tools? Mm-hmm. And what are all of like, you know, what are industry people doing that are not on these tools? Like what are those best practices? How are people learning these sorts of things? And how can we kind of merge those two together? And Very so, cool. you, you know, fast forward, we started one pitch way back in 2017. Um, we had a totally different service model too than what we do now. We actually originally modeled it off of Haro, uh, but oh, a, yeah. reverse, a reverse of Haro. So rather than getting queries from journalists, we were sending queries to journalists. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, as, as good tech and software companies do, we kind of realized, okay, this is working, but it's not quite the, the best product market fit. So let's go back to the drawing board. And in 2020, we ended up releasing what we now have at one pitch, which like you mentioned, you know, uses a little bit of a combination of AI and machine learning and some other fancy algorithms and matching technology <laughs> to essentially, you know, again, take a, a pitch or a press release, dissect it and find journalists who are writing about the same thing. And then the output is a list of journalists or essentially a media list that folks can readily use. They can add them to their own list. They can pitch them um, and basically just, you know, keep tabs and and start the outreach and start building those relationships. That's awesome. That's awesome. Lots of time savers built into that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I, I had discovered them. They actually have a really great podcast as well called Coffee with a Journalist. And I'll promote that again at the end, but it is so insightful. They, there is no fluff. They just bring on a journalist and basically say, what do you like about your pitches? What don't you like? What are your personal preferences? And what can't you stand? What is the best way for people to pitch you and get to know you? It's great. And I mean, they pinpoint this person works on this type of beat in this publication and they have what, 175 episodes or more of that. Yeah, I've, I've lost count at this point. Um, yeah. We've done quite a few. We're, we're now in our second season, uh, as we're calling it. Really, our first season was kind of just a pilot. But mm-hmm. you, know, you, you said it, we're, we're straight to the point. Hey, journalist, you know, who are you? Where do you write? Tell us about your publication. Give us, you know, the, the lowdown on your beat. And then we go into just the whole pitching preferences and relationship building process that they kind of prefer. So really what we're doing is, you know, we're trying to extract those unique preferences mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, be able to share that with our audience, but also highlight these amazing journalists and the work that they're doing. You know, it's, it's such a shame that there's been so many budget cuts and layoffs in the industry. And yeah. we've always been fans and, and really been, um, you know, wanting to kind of put the journalists in the, in that spotlight, so to speak, you know, a lot of them already are, but <laughs> there are many that are doing great work and deserve that recognition. So there's, there's kind of a dual approach. We want to promote and highlight our journalists, but of course, that end product is also, you know, being able to share all these unique insights with our listeners. And we're pretty excited with what we've been able to accomplish, especially given the fact that people have come to us and said, hey, you know, I listened to an episode and I pitched that person and now we're working together and I got a story coming out. And it was all thanks to, you know, the the 15 minutes that I listened to that episode. So appreciate you guys. And so that for us is like, you know, very, very uh, makes our hearts very warm and it makes us very happy to know that we're providing that value and doing something great for our listeners. Yes, they they have a lot of great things. They also have a great blog. They have um, resources on there, like pitches that placed where they will give you the word for word. Here's the pitch. I mean, they might remove the person's name and publication, but everything, all the details are there in terms of a template that is successful. So they mm-hmm. are 
chock full of great resources and definitely know what is up in this industry. So on that note, what are some tactics that you think that PR professionals should be implementing to reach out? Like if we just kind of start at the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, establishing relationships, maybe establishing a media list, what, what is kind of the best practice for starting point? Yeah. I mean, identifying journalists is, is a tough part of that process too, even before you do the outreach. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, you know, if we, if we were to even take a step back and start with like identifying, you got to read what they write about. It's so important. And it goes well beyond just reading the title of the article or a brief snippet or summary, you know, that's on their webpage, read through the article, look at the trends that they cover. Are they writing about companies or people are they including quotes and images? All these things lend to that kind of initial outreach that, you know, you mm-hmm. would want to prepare and any subsequent outreach. You know, again, it's super important to um, to kind of pay close attention to what the journalists are writing about. It's also extremely important to see what they're talking about. Social media, you know, as we know, Twitter, for example, is like mm-hmm. the holy grail of networks to um, to connect with journalists, to see what they're up to, to promote their work, to build connections. I always recommend, you know, paying attention to what they're writing about on social, especially because sometimes they're even like, hey, I'm looking for right. companies or I'm looking for a source. Um, so there's already opportunities that are there without even having to send them that pitch. But if we do kind of take that next step forward and we talk about, you know, the initial outreach, um, one of the biggest things that I hear on the podcast and something that I always uh, recommend to you know our customers and anybody that I talk to is if you've never connected with that journalist before, mm-hmm. or you know connected with them on social, talk to them. You never sent them an email; they have no idea who you are. Right. And chances are they're probably not going to just write about whatever you're sharing with them. Um, so I think an intro is is arguably the most effective first step. Okay. And really simple. Break it down: who, what, why. Who are you? What is your company? What are your clients? What do they do? And why is it important to that journalist? Why is it important to their readers, to their audience? Those three things, if it, even in like bullets would be yes. super effective as kind of an intro message. Um, because, you know, again, journalists, like there, there's always comparisons between media relations and dating or yes. in sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard, you know, references to the ER, which P- it's PR, not the ER. But, we'll <laughs> <get there. laughs> um, but from, you know, kind of taking a, you know, some, some notes from those, those two examples, you know, you're not going to just like go up to somebody on the street and immediately start telling them all about your life and all these personal details, right? You want to kind of make a connection first. Um, same thing when it comes to, you know, pitching journalists, you want to kind of make that connection. So the intro is super effective. Um, again, kind of that first initial, like, Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I do. And I think, you know, as an ending to that, what's really important is offering yourself as a resource. Mm -hmm. If you're working on something more than happy to provide you with experts from our team, provide you with data that we've, you know, maybe compiled or collected, talk with our customers. Again, that, that resource component is super, super important because a lot of times pitches are not becoming just the whole focus of an article, right? It's a component of a lot of different things. And like I mentioned before, you know, journalists are using images, they want quotes, they want data, all these things, right? It kind of pieces together a story. 
And mm-hmm. so thinking about it from the lens of a journalist, you know, if I'm pitching that person, you know, again, I want to kind of make sure that I'm telling them enough to know who I am, why I'm important, why I'm relevant, but also to, again, kind of give them some value there too, which is like, Hey, if you need something, I'm happy to help. And then of course, you know, from then onward, it's like, all right, let's touch base every couple of weeks or a couple of months, make sure you know what's happening in our space and what I'm seeing. And again, just kind of being that resource for them. Super important. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because I feel like it's easy to get into the mindset of looking at journalists and looking at pitching as this is a vehicle. They are a vehicle for me to get placed. And it removes a lot of the humanity in the fact that it's a relationship. It's a human relationship. You're trying to help them. And by helping them, it will help you as well. But that's really the the lens that you have to take. So I really like the way you talked about doing an intro before you're even pitching anything, just to introduce yourself. Like, you know, like you said that you would, if you were out networking or wherever you are, that you would just introduce yourself. So that is, that's great. Yeah. Keep it simple. That's that, that, that's like the, <laughs> the motto, just keep it very simple. And, you know, again, kind of like proceed, um, with that relationship in an organic way of, you know, Hey, I'm here, here are some things you might find interesting. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, again, a lot of journalists that we talk to, they're like, I don't really write about cold pitches. A lot of the people that I, you know, quote in my stories or that I include are people that I know or that I've mm-hmm. worked with that I've built a relationship with over time. Um, so right. that, that intro is kind of the first step, but mm-hmm. again, like really sets the, it sets the foundation and leads you off on a good foot, which then opens up those future opportunities. Yeah, no, I love that. And after you have, you know, let's say you have the intro, you have a little bit of back and forth, maybe they have quoted you or one of your clients in a, in one of their stories. So then, you know, you continue pitching and it's mm-hmm. easy to think, okay, here's my message. Here's all the people I'm sending it out to. And again, kind of get into that mode of this is just another pitch that I'm sending as opposed to this is someone who actually knows me. We have a relationship with, and how mm-hmm. do you kind of navigate that where it's like, I, you know, I do have a lot to get through and people to reach and I have to be efficient with my time. But at the same time, I need to be mindful of this is, you know, this is someone that I work with now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, efficiency is key. Um, It's kind of ironic that maybe ironic isn't the right word, but that, you know, journalists, sometimes they respond when they're interested. A lot of times they don't, but you'll notice usually when they do respond, it is a very, very short response. It's like, yeah, I'm interested or no, thank you. Right. They don't have a lot of time to spend just like we don't. Everyone you know, is working towards goals. We all have our, our OKRs or KPIs that we're trying to reach. And so keeping that in mind, I think is, is super important too. just knowing that like, Hey, you know, you as a practitioner, as a professional, right? Like you've got clients that, you know, you need to service and you've got information you need to get out there. And at the same time, these journalists have, you know, the same kind of thing going on, maybe from a, a slightly different perspective per se. Um, but at the end of the day, right? Like everybody's strapped for time. We're all trying to accomplish things, recognizing that, remembering that, knowing that they're human is so important. <laughs> not not forgetting that, uh, you know, maybe they their name is blasted all over, you know, the public and social media and things like that, but they're still a real person at the end of the day. 
you know, they all probably have families that they go back home to, or, you know, they have their, their own personal life outside of work. So I think it's just important to remember, like we're all humans, we're working together towards a common goal. Keep that in mind and just, just be genuine. That's like the biggest thing you can do is just genuine. Yeah. I think that's just whether it's on Twitter, on your podcast, or just, you know, wherever out and about, I feel like that is, that is what I hear from journalists the most, just that, Mm. that complaint. So, um, when it comes to writing pitches, we can talk about cold pitches and pitches. If you do have a relationship, what are some best practice? What would you say maybe are the biggest things people get wrong and what are some of the best practices that can fix that? Yeah, I think like the, the one thing that comes to mind is length first and foremost. Um, I, I hear time and time again, you know, people are copying and pasting press releases and right. way too long, way too yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> Journalists want short. They want straight to the point. They want very direct, like again, who, what, why, if you will. Um, so in, in, in that sense, like bullets are super effective being able to just highlight like a couple of things about the pitch, the person that you're pitching, for example, to be able to show that journalist, like, Hey, here's the correlation between, you know, why I'm sharing this with you and what you do. But also I'm not going to ask you to spend five minutes to read this. Um, right. Chances are they're going to delete that message within seconds, like less than five. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be quick. Um, The next thing I would say is, you know, supporting information because you want to keep that written information nice and short, make sure you've got some sort of link, link back Mm -hmm. to a landing page, to a website. Um, If you have a document, you can attach that. Um, You know, we've kind of heard this very odd uh, response to like, should I attach? Right. might go to spam. Should I include a Dropbox link? I don't, I'm not quite sure. Um, from what I have heard, journalists have no issues with attachments. Okay. They'll still go to their inbox. Um, but again, if there's, if there's like another place that could potentially like provide more context about that sort of thing, I feel like, like websites and landing pages tend to be that, that type of thing. I always recommend leading with that first. Um, and then if there are assets that, you know, are linked to that, maybe you have some photos or you've got a media mm-hmm. kit, send it after the fact, once they're interested, once they're open to it, or maybe they didn't respond to that initial message, you could potentially include that in like a follow-up message, uh, being able Perfect. to, again, just kind of like continue that conversation. If you're not hearing back from them, um, is super important. Um, so let me go back. So I had bullets, we got links in the emails, um, the other thing I guess that uh, is super important or that could be, you know, kind of a, a way to, again, bridge that connection would be to reference past work. Here's an article that you've wrote. Make sure you read through it, first of all, but really to reference like, hey, you know, you wrote something about this six months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, our company is in this space or we've got a spokesperson who can comment on that if you're doing some type of follow up piece. Um, you know, again, it kind of goes back to the first part that I mentioned about identifying them and making sure there's like a strong correlation and connection. Uh, But that can be, again, another tactic that works really well. And, you know, really journalists, uh, they appreciate it when you're like, Hey, I read this thing. Right. (laughs) So again, make sure you read it and (laughs) you don't just comment or, you know, paste the link there without having read through it. But um, that can also be a really useful tactic, whether, you know, it's a cold relationship or, you know, whether you guys have worked together and you just haven't talked for a little while. Yeah, no, I like that because you're saying don't just reference the article and say, 
you know, either I or my client or colleague speaks on this, um, reference something specific in it that was impactful that kind of kind of helps them know, okay, this person did actually read that. Yeah. Yeah. Like try to go at least like five, six, seven paragraphs <laughs> in, <laughs> not just the first top section. Uh, yeah. Definitely a recommendation of mine. <laughs> yes. I like that. And so what about if you are, you're pulling a media list, you are looking at a publication, you're not sure exactly which journalist you should be reaching out to with mm-hmm. your pitch. What is the thought on reaching out to multiple journalists at the same publication? I would highly recommend not doing that. Um, yeah. They work for the same place. They're probably all in the same Slack channel or they're talking via email. And when 10 of them get the same thing all at once, it's a major red flag. When when you have a list of people, um, I I would recommend going to the editor first and foremost. And that mainly because you don't know who to pitch and mm-hmm. the editor is in charge or, you know, overseeing the reporting team, they're in charge of giving out assignments. And so if you come to them with something interesting, they may say, Hey, I already know who's the perfect fit for this. I'll pass it on to them and I'll connect you guys. Um, or they might say, you know, Hey, this is a, a super cool idea, but it's just not the right fit for our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so really like the editor is kind of the, the point of contact um, and it's good to keep in mind, again, they may not actually write about that pitch, but they may disseminate it or pass it along to the reporters. There is an off chance they could write about it themselves as well. But I think when you're, you know, when you're kind of looking at that, okay, a group of 10 people, um, or can I get this one person that's connected to all 10 of these people? They're kind mm-hmm. of like you know, the decision maker in an organization, if you will. Um, so I think that that would be the best person to reach out to in that particular case, but don't please don't mass email. Um, (laughs) If you send 10 pitches to 10 people on the same team, make them personalized, make them unique, make them different. Make sure that you spend that, you know, extra two to three or five minutes, however long it takes to really uh, personalize that message and make sure it's, it's a good fit for that person that you're reaching out to. Yes. Love it. And when you move on to follow-up, so let's say you sent out that pitch and you haven't heard back, first of all, timing, how long do you wait and how many follow-ups should you send and what should be included in that? Oh, the follow-up, man, (laughs) this is a fun one. Um, Some journalists say they don't want follow-ups, some do. Um, I I always recommend send at least one Mm -hmm. and I would wait at least 48 hours. There, there are, you know, some, some nuances, maybe this is a timely pitch that you, you know, you have something coming up that could be, you know, important to, to share ahead of time um, or sooner. So that might, you know, be a, an instance where you would want to send that follow-up sooner than 48 hours, okay. but I would highly recommend not sending it within 24 hours. Um, that's just an easy way to, to really rub somebody the wrong way. They're like, Hey, look, I got stuff going on. This may be super timely and important to you, but for me, <laughs> right. not right now, um, outside of, of just like timelines, you know, I would say no more than two follow-ups, um, anything more than that. And it's like, you just got to get the hint if they're not responding, that they're not interested, or it's just not the right time. And it's tough when you don't get a response, but right you know, again, you, it's better to, to just stop at that point 
and and salvage that relationship for a future opportunity than mm-hmm. to consistently try to pester them. And then you either, you know, you get a response and then you've totally wasted all your opportunities and, or, you know, they just, they simply block your, your email. And then you no longer even get to their inbox as a result of that. Um, when it comes to the, you know, to the composition of a follow-up, I would highly recommend reply to that first message, keep it within the same string. So that way they can kind of see, oh, okay, you contacted me two weeks ago. Um, I've I've done this many times and journalists have been like immediately like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't respond to that. I saw that you contacted me two weeks ago and I meant to, and I got pulled in another direction. So it's kind of a way of saying, hey, I'm bringing this up to your inbox mm-hmm. without using those words verbatim. <laughs> you don't want to use those words either. <laughs> um with a follow-up, you want to just provide additional value. Is there anything else you can elaborate on that you didn't get a chance to share in your first message? Or maybe again, it's expanding on some of the topics or some of the bullet points that you you didn't quite provide a lot of information or background for. Um, again, a good opportunity if you've got those assets, attach mm-hmm. them, send them to a, you know an external link. Um, it might also be worth asking them, like, is this interesting to you? Is it relevant to you? Um, again, you might get to your answer quicker and also journalists appreciate that just to be, you know, straightforward instead of trying to just continue to sell them on something. So there's, there's kind of like two different routes you can go with the follow-up there. Maybe that, that last example is like your, your final straw, right? Your, your, your second follow-up, your third message in the string, Hey, is this interesting or not? Um, but I think other than that, again, it kind of just goes back to the same things as, as the initial message, keep it simple. Don't elaborate and write too much. Um, and again, just just provide more information that is going to help kind of further the exploratory process for that person receiving it. Uh, let's say they are interested, you hear back, whether that's from the initial or the follow-up, and mm. they want to have a call and they want to chat about it. So mm. what to be mindful of their time and provide what's helpful are there any best practices that you have that you recommend for those those calls, especially if you've never talked to the journalist before, kind of that intro call with them? Yeah, well, I, I would say it definitely is important to make sure anybody that's going to be involved is immediately made aware, like, hey, they want to talk and we need to get our availability as a group, like mm-hmm. ironed down so we can send them dates and times or we can be, be available when they let us know when they're available. Um, outside of that, I think it's, you know, it's something where if you have a calendar link, you could share it with them again, Mm -hmm. making, making that process easy is, is kind of key and crucial because you don't want to go back and forth. Well, I'm available tomorrow at two. And they're like, well, I'm not available till four. And then it's, (laughs) I mean, it's a drawn out process. You want to try to avoid that at all costs. Um, so just try to think like a couple of steps ahead. Okay. Maybe I send them, you know, a couple of dates and times in the next two to three weeks that we're available. And I can mention, you know, all three of us can join or myself and my client, whatever, you know, whoever's in that kind of pool, so to speak. Um, and then on the same note, you know, again, if you guys have a shared calendar or some sort of link, just make it super easy for them to be able to book time and make sure that you also have the availability to be there. Um, you know, if, if you've worked so hard for this and then it's all going to go to waste because you weren't available or because, you know, you decided to prioritize something else, 
then it, it could make or break that relationship. So I think it's just, it's important to think ahead, be proactive. And, you know, again, just try to try to make sure you're available. That's if they want to talk like, all right, let's talk, let's make it happen. And, and let me know how soon and we'll get it on the calendar and we'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, so let's say now you have, um, you're getting quoted in a piece and it comes out and this is what you've been working toward. This is what you wanted. What do you do next? How do you really maximize this coverage that you now have? There are a number of things that are, I think, like just standard. First and foremost, send a thank you note. Doesn't have to be handwritten. That could go a long way if it is. But a, just a simple email, like, hey, saying thanks so much for including us. We really appreciate it. Great to work with you. Again, like make sure you address the journalist first and foremost. That helps to, you know, facilitate and prolong that relationship. When they know that you're grateful and that you're acknowledging their work, right? You you did some work, but they also did the bulk of it and made sure that this all happened. So thanking them is super important. Secondly, share it on your channels, social, email, um, your live video, your podcast, whatever the case may be. Make sure you are mentioning that journalist's name. If you want to go so far as to mention the outlet as well, again, they're, you know, publications are battling for readership. So simple things like that drive readership, which again, at the end of the day is good for the employer, which is then good for the journalist who wrote the article. It's kind of like that organizational effect, if you will. Um, so sharing it on social, tagging them, you know, doing like a, a quote tweet, for example, adding in some more insight that you shared, you know, again, just trying to like get that conversation going and draw eyes to that piece is super important. Um, I've even seen lately, some people are actually putting ad money behind placements. Really? Running, yeah, running uh, display ads. They're running, you know, retargeting. They're putting things on social that are promoting these sorts of things. Of course, I think from an ad perspective, kind of the end goal is typically like, all right, maybe not to highlight the <laughs> the piece so much, but to drive sales or to drive mm -hmm. leads into the funnel. Um, but that's that's been an interesting tactic that I've I've been hearing folks are are using a little bit more. And it's it's kind of interesting too. I don't know if you're familiar with the peso model. Um, yes. Jeannie Dietrich. Um, so it kind of you know goes into that 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 peso model circle of like paid, earned, shared, and owned. And that, that is something that could certainly be applied to a, a placement for sure. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. And okay, so you've talked about thanking the journalists. You've talked about how you're going to promote this. And then just, I guess, a couple kind of broader questions is, are there any major that we haven't covered kind of mm -hmm. do's and don'ts that maybe even surprised you that you found out through all these through your career and just all these, you know, 175 interviews that you guys have done with journalists over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've, we've touched on a lot of things. I'm trying to like find something interesting and, and juicy <laughs> that, that, uh, that we haven't discussed. Um, you know, I, I don't have anything that comes to mind. I wish I did. Cause I know there's probably something deep down in there, <laughs> but that's a good reason for all of you listening. Take a, you know, listen to the podcast, copy with it the out. You'll find these nuances amongst all the various uh, journalists and guests that we interview. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is because you're, you're dealing with humans and it's one thing to have best practices, but at the end of the day, 
every person has their own preferences. Every person is unique and some people may like bullets. Some people may not some, you know, different types of some people may want attachments. Some people yeah. may, you know, so I think it's, it's true. It's, it's generalities can be helpful, but at the end of the day, I think it's really getting to know for your media list, like what is unique to your journalists. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you were talking about that, an example came to mind, oh, Chris. Um, one in particular where a lot of people in pitches, they will reference something in a journalist's personal life. Um, okay. And there, there are, it's hard to say the do's and the don'ts of that because some people are like, oh my gosh, you talked about my dog or <laughs> <laughs> you sent me a toy that my kid can use. This is awesome. Um so it's a bad example now that I'm realizing it. But again, like that that's maybe a do and a don't. Like be careful about mentioning anything from somebody's personal life. Um, if you are going to do that, like make sure there's a strong connection there, either between yourself or to to what you're trying to pitch. Don't just randomly be like, hey, I saw your your cat Felix uh isn't feeling well this week. Also, by the way, do you want to talk to my CEO? He's got some points to make about X, Y, and Z. <laughs> right. Not a huge segue there. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> yes, that is, that's a really good point that I think it's, um, even I'm sure you've noticed as a podcaster, and it is sometimes weird when people go, you can tell they've been digging really deep to find out all these personal things and mention them so that you know that they know all about you, but it is a little bit like um, boundaries. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Professional, but it is hard in the world of social media because everything is kind of intertwined. And uh, so that's that is a good point that I think is a, a nuance people don't always necessarily think about, but it's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and, um, you know, for, for those of you who are listening and you really like what Jared has been sharing, you definitely need to go check out onepitch.co. They do have a 14 day free trial, so nothing to lose there. They also have a free account. If you, you know, just want the free version, they've got that. Definitely need to listen to Coffee with a Journalist check out their blog. And I think, Jared, you also mentioned that you have some cool things coming up that I wanted you to share with my audience as well. We, we've we got a number of things coming up, um, both on the content side and on the product side, which I didn't actually mention anything to you about the product stuff. I'm excited to talk about yeah. that. Um, but on the content side of things, we've recognized how impactful the podcast has been. And we know how valuable you know each guest is and the things that they share. So we're in the process of actually taking all that information um, and we're going to be compiling a big report just to kind of draw some, some learnings and draw some trends around some of our guests. We've done this, we did this uh, a little while back. Uh, we called it our state of pitching report. And so we're going to be bringing that back. We're very excited to kind of dive in and see what kind of insights we can learn from all of our guests. Um, and at the same time, we're also going to be pulling in all of their pitching preferences into mm. A gigantic master document, if you will. Um, I mentioned the to you that we basically, you know, everyone has like these preferences, rapid fire questions. How do they want mm -hmm. subject lines? All that. So we're gonna do the legwork and putting that all together on a simple wow. one sheet. And so again, if there's particular people um, that you're looking to pitch, I know some of the listeners are in the health space. Alexa McHale from Fortune was one of our mm -hmm. recent guests. 
Um, so we're, we're putting together, you know, again, a ton of additional resources. If podcasts aren't your thing, you know, you'll have a document you can reference. We're also going to be including this in the product as well. So as you encounter people that you want to pitch on one pitch, we're going to be able to link up, Hey, here's a podcast episode. If you wanted to learn more, here are their pitching preferences. So you can make sure that you're leading off with the best foot. Um, and we're, you know, again, really excited to be able to, to share all these learnings because there's really no other place right now where people can find this stuff. Um, yeah. And we're, we're one of the, the lucky <laughs> and unique few, yeah, to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, on the product side of things, you know, we, we've got a, an extensive roadmap ahead. I'll probably get in trouble if I share too many details. <laughs> okay. I know the team doesn't want me to leak anything and have our, you know, competitors sniffing around. <laughs> um, but we are, we are definitely going to be uh, launching some, some new tools that will complement what we have now and kind of build out more of the end-to-end media relations and pitching yeah. workflow. So I'll, I'll kind of give a little teaser, but uh, yeah, in the next, next few months, we're going to be launching some really unique and, and really cool tools that are going to be extremely beneficial for folks that are using the platform. Love it. I will have to stay tuned for that. And um, I just also want to share some link. Actually, was there anything else that you wanted to cover before I cut you off there? I think that's it. I okay. think that's it for now. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. No. So just for those of you listening, we will have these in the show notes, but if you want to check them out now, you can go to onepitch.co. That's one spelled out, onepitch.co forward slash podcast and blog.onepitch.co. Let's see. And there's onepitch.co. And on social media, (laughs) on social media, they are onepitchsas, S-A-A-S on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So thank you so much, Jared, for joining. I really, really appreciate everything you shared. This was so much fun, Christy. Thanks so much for having me on. And I uh, I really appreciate everybody listening today. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed this and have a great week. To succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.